Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave with the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days. Every single relevant fantasy player that is going to be coming up in your drafts, and we are going over them right here only with Brodo Fantasy. I, of course, am your host, Tim Petrop, here with my two brothers, Jason and Michael Petrop. He wave. What's up? Um, don't forget, we do this twice during the season, two episodes a week about every single fantasy relevant player, every single matchup going down. We also have three episodes total during the season of uh, four episodes. If you join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy, it's coming to that time where it's going to be uh, the deadline to join Brodo Fantasy to get into a listener league. If you are in a league at home with people who don't really pay attention, that people that you want to get away from, uh, this is the perfect place to play because everyone's paying attention. Everyone's caring. And so come play in a listener league, uh, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy and Brodo Fantasy.com. we got a new look. Uh, Jason, with his masterful layout skills, uh, put our, our recent articles and recent podcasts up on the top and recent videos and everything that's recent about us up on the top so you can scroll right through that. So go check out the new and improved BrotoFantasy.com. Speaking of new and improved, you know I wasn't going to let this slide. <laughs> Michael finally got his quarantine haircut, people. <laughs> Homemade haircut. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, my girlfriend, Jason, and my other brother, Johnny. I'm not Michael's Jason. girlfriend. His girlfriend, comma, Jason. Comma, Jason. <laughs> yeah, because it made it seem like you were my girlfriend. That's what it's, it's, that's what it's not like to me. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. Yeah, sure. You guys are annoying. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I let them shave my head. It's, uh, it's very weird. I haven't had a shaved head since I was like 14. Yeah, and I Michael actually had, had hair back then. So now I'm like Michael. balding with a shaved head. Michael has a crew cut right now for the first time in a long time. Who shaped it up? Now Michael's. Jason did. Now Mike. No, I was I was gonna make a mean joke, but shot. It, I was gonna say now Michael is the Brad Evans of our podcast. You do kind of look like Brad Evans from only like above your eyebrows up. <laughs> so balding <laughs> with look, a crew cut. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just like Brad Evans. Um, you know, don't worry, Michael. We, I've I've uh we've been expecting this day for a long time, and I embrace you as another bald brother. So. Come on over. Jason Jason might be laughing his way to having the most hair right now, but that shit is receding by the day, and he'll be joining us quickly. Yeah. Especially especially in law school, this guy's hater, lawyer. Hater, hater, hater. You're going to lose your, your hair is receding, man. I'm chilling, though. You can't fight I've it. had a big forehead my whole life. Speaking of, <laughs> what'd you say? I've had a big forehead my whole life. My hair's not receding. I just have a big forehead. Oh, that is called denial, ladies and gentlemen. False. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. Uh, let's get to the Lions, though. First, with their offensive outlook with the coaches. Matt Patricia comes back as head coach his third year. He's with Daryl Bevel. Now, these two guys' history is that they will be a ground-and-pound team. That's kind of the identity that Bevel built with the Seahawks and that Matt Patricia was hoping to take over to his time with the Lions. Um, reality says that Matt Stafford was on pace for over 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns last season before going down. So the question is, I think, with the offensive outlook for this team, which one will we see this season? Will it be the people that they want to be trying to have success doing what they want to do, or will they instead go with what brought them success last year, and that was passing all the time? Let's get to that quarterback who's going to be passing the ball. Um, Matt Stafford, although he's been – 
he got in. Speaking of that pass extraordinaire, Matt Stafford, um, he's been one of the more underrated players when it comes to the league. Usually a pretty good fantasy option um, in terms of a streaming option or something like that. Last year, he really took a step forward, was the QB4 before getting injured, but at the same time has not finished in the top five for an entire season since 2011 since he's been throwing it to Calvin Johnson. But the weapons are there for him. They added a pass-catching running back in DeAndre Swift in the draft. His fantasy pros ADP is currently at number 13. So considering that his ADP is at 13, he has the ability to be one of the better values in the entire draft, in my opinion, especially if you're punting QB, which is the strategy that we at Brodo recommend you do. So with that being the case, how do we feel about Matt Stafford this year? Yeah, like you pointed out, Stafford was having the best season of his career before getting hurt last year. I don't even think it's like up for debate. Uh, he was also third in true throw value behind only Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes when he was healthy. I mean, not Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill, the true value king. Um, he was fourth overall in fantasy points per game despite averaging less than 10 rushing yards a game. It's not easy to be a top five quarterback when you don't use your legs at all, and Stafford really does not use his legs much anymore. That's how efficient of a level he was uh, playing at for a team that was only 14th in the league in pass attempts. So this guy was averaging less than 10 rushing yards a game, 14th in the league in pass attempts, and he uh, and he was still a top five option when he was healthy last year. Five of his eight games, he surpassed 23 fantasy points. He still has Kenny Galladay. He still has Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. He has the second year TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson, who I think could take a big step up. He no longer has to deal with Ty Johnson or Bo Scarborough in the backfield if Carrion Johnson gets hurt. Because guess what? Now they have DeAndre Swift and Carrion Johnson. Both decent options. I think Swift is better, but we'll get into that later. Uh, he was second in the league in yards per attempt and air yards per attempt. Six and a half touchdown percentage, which is a little high, but not something that's super unsustainable. He's fully healthy again coming into the season. The Lions bulked up their offensive line a bit. They gave, let's see if I know how to say this. Halapalu Vati Vitae, a five-year, $50 million contract to help shore up their offensive line. They drafted two guards in the draft, Jonah Jackson and Logan Sternberg. ADP of QB13, why not take the chance on Matt Stafford? That's how yeah, I feel. I, I agree, especially if you're looking to uh, if you're looking to stream quarterbacks. Matt Stafford's that type of guy who you can get really late in drafts. I'm talking 10th, 11th round type of situation. And... Um, you could, you could, if he doesn't work out, then you could just go to streaming. And if he does work out, you have yourself a great option in fantasy at the quarterback position. Let's go over to the running back position that is way less stable than that quarterback position that we talked about with Matt Stafford because Carryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift are both in this backfield, and we're not going to have preseason to help figure out who's going to be the guy in this backfield. Last year, going into the season, I was high on Carryon Johnson. I know Michael was also on on board on the Carryon Johnson train. Jason was a little wary of Carryon Johnson in general, but at the I mean, I didn't day, draft Carryon Johnson anywhere. I don't recall being a big Carryon guy. You weren't a big Carryon guy, but you were supporting him as as a possible breakout, and he got workhorse work last season while he was in place. The problem is that Carryon Johnson got hurt. And after that, he no longer got workhorse work. Uh, finishes of RB2 are better in half of his games starting the season. Three out of six games, he finishes a running back two are better. So he he did have some production. Um, 
But then you have DeAndre Swift as NASCAR continues outside the Twins' uh, window. And then you have DeAndre Swift, excellent pass catcher in college. The last running back for the Lions that has been fantasy viable was Theo Riddick. So pass catching running back is something that with Matt Stafford, you have to imagine could be something that's valuable. I just don't know how reliable he could be. Will these guys cannibalize each other? How are you looking at this backfield? Neither of them have a high ADP, so it kind of comes baked in with the ADP. All right, so first off, DeAndre Swift is not just going to be the pass-catching back. That's absurd. But now, let me get into this. on Johnson, you were just saying how uh, he's been injured a lot. He's played 18 games his first two seasons in the league. That's almost half the games that he missed. 16 games is half of the 32 games, so he's played just over half the games. He missed time for a knee sprain and a meniscus and a meniscus tear, both in the same left knee. That cannot be good for a future outlook for a running back. He was also not very efficient in 2019. He was 28th in rushing yards per game, despite being 20th in snap share and 19th in opportunity share. It, there is something to be said, though, that he did lead the league in yards per carry in his rookie season when he didn't have a bum left knee. So I'll just put that out there. But then he tore it even worse. Right. Like, he sprained and then tore it. It's right. not good, yeah. I'm just putting it so out he had fifth, But he had 15 rushes a game. He also struggled a bit as a pass catcher. He saw 15 targets. He caught 10 of them, dropped two. It's like, even if when he was playing, I mean, I think we we all watched football last season. It wasn't like on Johnson was playing great. You could tell he wasn't really doing that well. When he did get hurt. Particularly as a pass catcher. Yeah. That's not his game. Exactly. And then when he did get hurt, guess who just replaced him and ran the ball the same amount of times per game? Bo Scarborough. Just off the street, Bo Scarborough. So it's not like the Lions weren't going to run the ball. This new Matt Patricia Lions team, they're looking to run the ball. Now DeAndre Swift enters the fold. Second running back off the board. Third pick in the second round behind behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Swift is 5'8", 212. Third, he ran running a, back. third running back off the board? Was it second? I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. It was three picks after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, so I assume second. I didn't recall a pick being made. No, you're right. So, uh... Yeah, anyway, Swift 5'8", 212, 448 at the Combine. Like you said, dominated pass-catching work. He also dominated uh, rushing work at Georgia. And he didn't put up as big numbers as guys like Jonathan Taylor, but uh, Kirby, the coach for um, Georgia, has always said that he doesn't want to overwork his young guys because he knows they're probably going to go to the NFL. So he likes to split the backfield up a bit. And guess what? DeAndre Swift was part of that backfield. He was number one on many, many draft analysts' big board uh, this offseason. Off season. And I think he's just going to step into an immediate role in Detroit. Because let's be real. The Lions had a bunch of areas that they could have improved on in the draft. A bunch. It's not like the Lions are one of these complete teams. They still chose a running back with the third pick in the second round. Matt Patricia clearly wants to use the running back. The line running, Lions running backs... Carry on Johnson, Ty Johnson, J.D. McKissick combined for 72 receptions last season. Like all those, J.D. McKissick's gone. Ty Johnson is trash. Carry on Johnson is either always hurt or was inefficient last season. The more I've looked into it, the more I like DeAndre Swift at ADP. He's currently going at the RB28 in like the late sixth, even seventh or eighth round. If you're taking a shot on a running back at that time, I mean, there's some bust potential, of course, as all rookies carry the baggage with them of possibly being a bust. But DeAndre Swift is someone who, throughout his whole college career, many, many people are saying this guy's going to be one of the next big running backs in the league. And now he lands in a spot where he can make an immediate impact on an offense that can 
put up really big numbers. Why I'm a little, little hesitant about Swift and what Michael didn't include is that Matt Patricia is a Bill Belichick wannabe. Um, this guy is an awful coach. All the players hate him. Anytime a player talks about him, they just talk about he's trying to bring this Patriots culture into the locker room when he's never had any success. And he's carrying over the whole RBBC that Sony Michelle was Bill used Belichick as a rookie. Uses. Yes, but that was Bill Belichick. He's a smarter coach. Last season, Carryon Johnson, Bo Scarborough, Ty Johnson, J.D. McKissick, C.J. Anderson, Paul Perkins, Trey Carson, Wes Hills. Eight people all started a game for the Lions last year. Eight different running backs started a game. That's all coaching right there. I don't care about injuries. I don't care oh, about man. anything. Carryon Johnson got hurt, and then they had a bunch of bums backing that him That many people? Dude, you need to know what you're doing when you're running a team. You don't have eight people start a game. Ever. And this is what he does. Even when someone was starting a game, other people would play. I, I'm i a little... And then they drafted... Because Swift is going at running back 28, I'm okay with it. If his ADP starts to climb, I'm probably not going to have him on any of my teams just because of Matt Patricia. I think, Jason, I think, I think it, it lies somewhere in between Michael and Jason here. I think... Um, what you have to think about is 72 receptions, basically almost all of them being vacated, works very well for DeAndre Swift because when you're looking at DeAndre Swift, it's questionable whether or not he was the best running back in the draft. What was unquestioned for a lot of people was that he was the best pass-catching running back in the draft. And DeAndre Swift has been catching passes uh, in Georgia for since he's a freshman. He made big catches in, in yeah. the national championship game. So that is something that you can rely on out of him. And 72 catches from a, from a running back is not a little bit. We know Matt Stafford likes to go to his running back. Like I said, Theo Riddick was like one of those guys you can plug in and get 10 points from in a PPR or a half PPR league it, for years. So I like him when it comes to that. I just don't see – and I, I think it's the now because I like him, here comes the Jason part – I don't see him being an every down back. I see him splitting the load with carry on Johnson. So I, I think that when you're talking about the the value of DeAndre Swift, the value of DeAndre Swift goes down um, because of that. But at 28, it's kind of baked in. Let's go over to the wide receiver. Speaking of value, some big time value at the wide receivers. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the first guy, Kenny Galladay. Now, I don't think anyone could argue that Kenny Galladay is super talented. One of the most talented running uh, wide receivers in the league. But I think people have the wrong perception of Kenny Galladay because he has never been a target monster type of guy. Um, 65 targets last, I mean, catches last season, 70 catches the year before. Now, you can be a top guy because he had 18.3 yards per reception, which is ridiculous. That's mm -hmm. a very good number. But I think people are underestimating the fact that he's a big play guy, right? That's what his bread and butter is, kind of in the vein of Mike Evans. Like, we're so used to seeing Mike Evans be an elite wide receiver that we kind of don't realize that Mike Evans is basically a big play threat that is up and down during the season. And, I, and you saw that for Kenny Galladay. He has the ability to win weeks, four weeks as a wide receiver, one with Stafford last year. But he also has that bust ability. Three games as a wide receiver, three or worse, including two games ranked under wide receiver 80 for Kenny Galladay. So... Three yes, games yes. the entire season, wide receiver no, three or worse? With, with Stafford. Oh, with Stafford. Say, so dude, Stafford. that's amazing. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no that no, can't I'm be sorry. right. I, I'm sorry. With the, the four weeks as a wide receiver one, three weeks as a wide receiver three or worse with Stafford, who started nine games. Got it. So 
He's in the vein of Mike Evans, where there's a chance that he will win you the week by himself. There's another chance that he may bust the shit out of your team and you cannot recover. Is it worth taking that risk at wide receiver seven? That's the thing. There's just, you know how I, we at Brodo believe in um, sometimes, if, if there's some logic behind it, gut feelings. And there's always just been something about Kenny Galladay with me just in my gut. I don't really want to take him where I think he's going to end. Like, I do think he's a top 10 receiver. I just don't know if I want to take him as one when I'm drafting. And like you said, it has a lot to do with the inconsistencies. Going over the numbers for the heat wave, I did soften up on Kenny Galladay a little. Because he was amazing last year. And he he should be a high pick. Particularly with Stafford, man. His pace with Matt Stafford, 1,238 yards and 14 touchdowns. That's amazing. His true target value last season was sixth. I kept Stafford with him instead of Blau and whatever to be more projectable because Stafford was third in true throw value. He surpassed 1,000 yards two years in a row, reached his career high 11 touchdowns last year. And last year, he was fifth in total points and seventh in points per game with David Blau throwing the ball half the time. So not Remember David Blau's first game, first play was like a 70-yard touchdown to, to Kenny Galladay. Galladay. Yeah. So while Galladay isn't like... It's because he just, he never had established that name for some reason. Like, he never became Mike Evans or DeAndre. Well, he's not as good as DeAndre Hopkins, but you know what I mean. Like, in NFL circles. But he has performed as good as them. So, he should be, drafting, be drafted in that range. It's just... I just don't really like the Lions because of Patricia. They, they scare me for some reason. I mean, I, I see that. But, I, I mean, I think Kevin E. Galladay's ADP makes sense. It, it definitely makes sense. And if you want to take him, I support it. I mean, yeah, I the think, numbers say to take him. And Stafford is healthy this year. I think if I'm going into a draft, and because right now Kenny Galladay's wide receiver seven, so you're probably taking him at the beginning of the third round slash the end of the second round. Right? Around so, there, yeah. So if I'm uh, if I'm on the clock and let's say I have the second pick, and I take Saquon Barkley, and then in the second round I take a guy like Julio Jones, who I know is going to be get the targets. Julio Jones, target monster, even though he doesn't score the touchdowns. That gives me leeway to get a guy like Galladay as my second wide receiver because his bust games all of a sudden aren't as aren't as important because you got a guy like Saquon who you know what you're getting out of him, and you got a guy like. Um, Julio, who you really know what you're getting out of Julio, and it's consistency. So he's the guy that's going to put your good team into great category as your wide receiver, too, if you have a consistent option. Yeah, and I'll tell I, you one thing. I When I see Kenny Galladay go in the second round, I get that ugh, feeling. Like, I yeah. wouldn't be taking Kenny Galladay as my second player. Third player is a different story. But the second player, like, I would not be taking Kenny Galladay in the second round, I'll tell you that much. If you're yeah, if you're in a situation where Kenny Galladay is your wide receiver two, you're in a good situation. Yeah. But I could see him as your wide receiver one if you if you like. Yeah. If you go like uh, Saquon, Kenyon Drake, or something like that. Or yeah. Like if you can get like McCaffrey, Eckler, Galladay, it's an amazing team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of wide receivers as well, let's go to Marvin Jones. Um, there's a great article on StarvinMarvin.com uh, under the Jake's uh, Jake's. Hot what, takes. Jake's hot. No. High stakes takes. High stakes, High stakes. takes by Jake. <laughs> um, where he talks about five people who could outperform his ADP. And one of the guys 
that he has there is Marvin Jones. And he pulled up a crazy stat that I couldn't believe when I was reading it. In 2019, before Matt Stafford got injured halfway through the season, Marvin Jones had 131.9 points. Kenny Galladay had 140. So you're talking about a difference of nine points between those two guys. Yet he's going at wide receiver 38. Galladay's going at wide receiver 7. He holds the same issues as Galladay. He's a big mm-hmm. play guy. Three wide receiver, one finishes with Stafford, including a number one overall. I remember, I think we all remember that one in week seven where he scored three touchdowns. But he also had four bus games with Stafford. But unlike Galladay, that's kind of baked into his ADP. Not even kind of, that is baked into his ADP. If you're taking him, you're taking him to be your wide receiver three slash, if you play with two wide receivers, first wide receiver off the bench type thing. I want this guy on every single team that I have. Marvin Jones is just yelling value at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the thing. He's basically Kenny Galladay light. They're on the same team, and he has the same inconsistencies. And his ceiling and floor are both lower. But who do you want in your wide receiver three flex spot? Someone like Cole Beasley who's going to get you seven points? Or someone like Marvin Jones who's either going to give you five or 38 when he explodes for four touchdowns on a random week? It's Marvin Jones. So... 62, 779, and 9 last year was his line, which... Please repeat that. You just said mad numbers. That, what? <laughs> that, that wasn't great. It wasn't great. That was a rookie mistake there. Um, 62 catches, 779 yards, 9 touchdowns. Okay. Was his line last season, which was good considering who he was playing with. This guy just knows how to play. Stafford is there, and Jones is always underrated. So and then also, I'll I feel like it's because Marvin Jones seems to always get hurt. Which is why some people are more hesitant to draft him. But then he always makes plays. He does always When he's plays. on the field. And that's what I want. Because you can always replace a wide receiver three. You can always replace a flex. And Danny that's, Amendola. That's true. When he is playing. Like Marvin Jones is someone you're going to rank inside your top 30 when healthy. When Stafford's healthy. Yet he's being drafted a wide receiver 38. And something not a lot of people are talking about. Because they don't know about true values. So get to know true values people. The Lions, if they were smarter, would throw the ball more to Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones this year because Danny Amendola was absolute trash last season. He was 15th in true target value. 15th. And he did nothing. He wasn't even a waiver wire pickup. He was doing nothing with the targets he was seeing from Stafford. If the Lions... Six, 62 catches last year. He was not like... He was doing nothing. Unwell. He was like Sammy Watkins. Those are, those targets, are a waste. Nothing. What I'm saying is he was doing nothing with them. If the Lions are smarter, those targets, those catches are going to go to Galladay. They're going to go to Marvin Jones, and both of them can improve this season. They're not going to cannibalize each other if they're smart. They're going to take the targets away from Amendola. Yeah, I mean, let's, right, so, I mean, I was going to get to Amendola, but, you know, no reason to really talk about him, right? No. What's... He's going to be a waiver rider, a guy that I like to call a waiver rider. Wa- waiver rider, excuse me. He'll go on and off the waivers. Um, let's talk about TJ Hawkinson, someone who you paid up for uh, after week one with your with a bunch of fab money, and you are really disappointed if you did, even though here on the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, we were begging people not to drop money on him after week one. Or, to, to, or to just draft him. He was going too high. Yeah. Uh, so very disappointing outside of that week one. That was crazy. Only one game over 60 yards the rest of the season, but does have great talent. I don't think you can argue with the fact that he is a big-ass, talented dude. Um, I think that Amendola sees less targets in the middle of field does 
become open because you have guys like Galladay and Jones on the outside, is TJ Hawkinson someone who could take a step up this year? Yes. He's not getting enough love. All these people, dude, how are people still obsessed with Mike Gasicki? Yeah. But no one's talking about TJ Hawkinson. This guy was a top 10 pick two years ago. He was eighth overall. Eighth overall. 6'5", athletic freak. First game ever, six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. And we told you don't pick him up because he was a rookie tight end. He's not a rookie tight end anymore. He played 67% of the snaps last year. Half of those slots were in the snaps were in the slot. Imagine when his snaps go up. Imagine when his number of targets in the slot go up. And, and who's guess stopping what? that from happening? What Danny Amendola. Exactly. What did I just say about Danny Amendola? He was 15th in true target value, and he couldn't get off the waiver wire. Like, I know we're talking in terms of fantasy, but that applies to real-life scenarios because real-life production means fantasy production. So TJ Hawkinson is going to get more targets. This is the first time Stafford's really had a good tight end. And if you look at Darren Bevel, 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 football's the Bevel. If you look at Darren Bevel, he was able to utilize Jimmy Graham in Seattle. He made Vasante Shanko useful in Minnesota. Stafford made Levine Toilolo, Eric Ebron, and Brandon Pettigrew relevant. What more do we need to say? TJ Hawkinson is such a steal at ADP right now. Like, even if it's... You you don't want him draft him as your starting tight end? Fine. Just put him on your bench. He's also one of the, like, most highly renowned tight end prospects to come out in a long time. To be honest, was he being, like, is he, did his ADP drop from last season to this one? I honestly wouldn't even be surprised. It's a good question. I think it's similar. It's as ridiculous. As stupid as that is. It's yeah. a second-year tight end. Just that agree. in itself changes everything. One of, my, one of my hot takes or whatever was that TJ Hawkinson would be a, in our hot takes episode, go listen to that if you haven't yet. He'd be a top five tight end in drafts going into 2021. As long as Stafford's healthy this season. It's yeah. not out All of right, the question. Let's get to our one injury away. My one injury away is uh, whoever takes over at running back for an, an injured running back. Um, on Johnson does have a history of injury, so probably DeAndre Swift, but obviously the other side as well. Um, this is a team that's going to run the ball. As Jason said, uh, they did not care who was back there. They ran the ball regardless last year. They will run the ball again this year. Um, so I think that you're going to be seeing uh, a running back ball out if they have the the backfield to themselves. Uh, Michael, Jason? Yeah, it has to be carry on slash DeAndre Swift. If one of them goes down, then it's a workhorse role for the other one. I mean, I think DeAndre Swift has the ability to just turn it into a workhorse role himself. But my answer is nothing. Um, my answer is Matt Stafford better stay healthy. All right. With that being said, Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF, Jason. Michael. At BrotoFF, Mike. You can find me at BrotoFF, Tim. See what we did there. All of us on Twitter, at BrotoFantasy, and on Instagram, at BrotoFantasy. Check out Instagram. We've got a lot of cool uh, videos coming at you this week. Um, a lot of cool graphics and things of that nature coming at you in the future as well. So go check out that Instagram. Uh it's it's cool. Do it. It's fun. It's IGs. It's IGs. Maybe we'll be putting out some reels, uh, which is which is nothing like TikTok. They're not stealing TikTok's idea at all. <laughs> um, yeah. So also BrotoFantasy.com. Snapchat. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Get in um, those leagues. We're going to draft soon. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. We'll see you tomorrow. With the bears. The bears. Michael, get all your the bears out now so you don't interrupt me with the bears six, 16 times during next time's episode. The bears. The bears. Later.